trades, trade rumors, the NHL entry draft, and let's throw in some new jerseys while we're at it as well for the Philadelphia Flyers. Let's talk about it all right now. This is the Orange and Backcheck Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It is episode 153 of Orange and Backcheck. So glad you are with us as always. I am Bill Kornfeld alongside Scott Weinhardt, part of the Hockey Broadcast Network, Hockey Podcast Network, excuse me. Man, this is, I think, when you hear Danny Briere, general manager, led by Keith Jones, hockey president of hockey operations, John LeClaire, special advisor, Patrick Sharp, special advisor, and then you're trading, you're making big wins, pulling the trigger on trades that we would never have seen under under the uh, leadership of of Chuck Fletcher. Ivan Provorov's going down to Columbus, and Flyers and now have the 22nd pick in the NHL draft this year. A couple of other picks down the line in the second round for 2024 and possibly 2025. Scott, this is a new era of Philadelphia Flyers hockey that I am bought into, and I'm back positive, Bill. I'm positive, Bill again. Damn, positive, Bill? I don't think I've heard positive, Bill, since... um... Before we did the episode that we first ever did, yeah, well, yeah, that or the the game seven against the uh, was it against the Islanders? Yeah, yeah but they lost yeah. that game. Why were you positive about that one? I felt good in going into that game. Uh, I, I guess thought, I guess when you feel good, the Flyers start to go bad. So maybe you yeah, should go back so, to being negative again. Yeah, that that's a good point. Maybe this isn't a good idea. That yeah, yeah. Positive, Jesus, Bill. man, I tell you. Um, but I'm glad that Ivan Provorov's out of here. I, I think uh, this is one of two trades we absolutely saw coming. I think the, another, the next shoe to drop, despite the rumors that we're seeing involving Scott Lawton and a few other players, um, like we saw Carter Hart around the same time that Prover- Provorov, or yeah, that Provorov was was getting uh, getting his name into the ring going down to Columbus. But I think the next shooter drop is naturally going to be Kevin Hayes. I mean, reports that the fracture relationship, but this is all good. I, I say all of these trade rumors, whatever is happening, this is exactly what you want to see as a Philadelphia Flyers diehard fan and a casual because this is what gets you back in. This is why the Sixers were fun for a while uh, during their process because you never know knew who was going to be moved. There were a lot of surprises, a lot of uh, non-surprises, but it all related back to this is good for the team. And that's where I land every almost every single time. I think there's a couple of players you and I will talk about here that shouldn't be traded. Um, but overall, all of these trades, rumors, and eventual trades like one we saw Provorov were, were good to see. Well, listen, you know, you're, you're still trying to earn the fan base back. Let's be honest here. People that I talked to this week about, you know, just in general, they're you know, saying, oh, what's going on with the Flyers? People come to me and ask me those questions. So I say, I don't think, you know, yeah, they got the new uniforms. They're like, oh, it's just marketing. They suck. You know, it's the same thing as usual. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I feel different about it this time. Like. Yeah, I've always been on the positive lookout. Did I go to Chuck uh, bat, corner for Chuck, uh, to go to bat for Chuck Fletcher a couple times? I certainly did. Yes, because I believe I see the bigger picture. But now where we're at with this is that this is the definition of a rebuild. Rebuild isn't just a fire sale where you blow the whole thing up like the Sixers did and go through the process. Think about what the Flyers are doing. They're rebuilding their entire image, and I think that that's what people have to understand with a rebuild. Here, you're rebuilding your image. So you start off with 
adding Danny Briere, adding Keith Jones. You add John LeClaire and Patrick Sharp to your player development core. You redo the uniforms, which were slated anyway to happen this year. Surprising move, Al Camillo leaves, which is a shocking move in its own. But, I mean, you know, according to uh, apparently Anthony Sanfilippo, that was not out of the question before. It was just not really spoken of. Um, but with this, now you have Provorov traded. And it's a big deal because of how much they were able to pull from him. Now, people are on the outside look at this. You're looking at the assets that you got. You traded away Ivan Provorov and Kevin Connaughton, a depth defenseman. So you traded away two pieces on your day. And listen, people feel like that Provorov just needed to change the scenery. I think Provorov is what he is. He's always going to be up and down, up and down. He's never going to be a dominant number one defenseman. We know where he's at in his career. But what you got for him is just outstanding work by Danny Briere. You you acquired Cal Peterson, uh, goalie, from uh, from Los Angeles. They were a three-way deal with L.A. and Columbus. You acquired him. They were trying to dump him off as a cap dump. Now they had moved where they could um, re-sign some players. So they used your asset there to do that. You acquire uh, defenseman uh, Sean Walker, and you defy, uh, get a, def- uh, a defensive pro- uh, prospect and Helge Granz. So you got three players out of the deal, but you also scored a first-round draft pick from Columbus, a conditional second, which could be 24-25, and then also you got L.A.'s second-round pick next year. So you're talking right now is that this is not a fire sale. They, they said, okay, we're going to trade our top defenseman, but – we want some stuff in return here because I know you want to dump stuff off. Now, listen, I, I think that this trade is great because not only have you set yourself up for the future, you're also going to not run into problems next year where you don't have a legitimate goaltender behind Carter Hart, you know, all season long. And you're, you're rifling around for a backup, kind of like what they did in 1819 when that, when that whole thing fell apart when Carter Hart first came up. So I'm really in favor of the move they're doing right now because they're listening to everything. There was rumors out there about Carter Hart. There's rumors out there about Scott Lawton. There's rumors out there about Travis Konecki. Breer's not going to look at any deal and say, no, absolutely not. They're going to they're gonna review it and see what's best for this team because, look, I feel that this team is going to try an accelerated rebuild. They've rebuilt the front office. They feel like they have enough talent on the roster to get this done. And this really starting to feel like, as crazy as it sounds, this really starts to feel like the Eagles after they got rid of Chip Kelly. Like it, it, it really, really does. It's like, okay, now you're like bringing in a little bit different here. Like, you know, you know, you still have some players on the roster that can do stuff. You know, I don't think they're this far away as they think that people and people are like, you know, oh, they're going for Ruby. It's going to take a few years. It's going to take a few years from them to get the Stanley Cup contention. I think this is a playoff team upcoming this year. hundred percent. So it's funny because I didn't, it's a crazy comparison, but that because you brought it up, I'll, I'll echo that. Danny Briere is doing his best interpretation of Howie Roseman, the general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles, in the sense of you inherited a bad roster from Chuck Fletcher because Chuck Fletcher was, um, for lack of a better phrase, he was a scared little bitch to decide uh, on anything. He didn't want to make a move. He didn't like the fact that there's a term even, for that bill. It's called paralysis by analysis. Yeah, I guess so. But like, for a guy that has NHL experience in ter- sense of being a GM for Minnesota, obviously prior to becoming to becoming uh, the general manager of the Flyers, he didn't make a move ever. The fact that, and not to beat a dead ho- horse, 
But still, JVR is technically, oh, he's a free agent now, but he was still on this roster at the end of the season, which is a a universal, it was a rare moment where every Flyers fan said, what the hell is going on? Flash forward to Danny Briere, where he inherits his bad roster, similar to Howie Roseman back in, um, uh, back after the Dream Team, or even at, before that, with Kiko Alonso, and said, I'm not, we're not keeping Kiko Alonso. Byron Maxwell, getting rid of him. Uh, Namdi Asama, getting rid of him. Like making, getting rid of the players that he knew was not members of this. DeMarco Murray. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Sam Bradford. (laughs) Yes, getting rid of all of those guys was what Howie Roseman did to bring them to 2017 eventually. Like if you look at that, that, that tangled web of trades that Howie did. It led you to 2017. Ultimate goal, if it leads to, say, 2026, 2027, Stanley Cup contention, that's all you need. No, it's and, a, exactly. 100%. And the first, sh- again, the first one to drop was Ivan Provorov because you saw Ivan Provorov was not, he's not a bad apple. He's very controversial that, I shouldn't say very controversial, but he is controversial with the whole gay pride night and all that that ridiculousness that we had to discuss for an episode. But, I don't think Bill. Yes. But I don't think he, I think he did need a change of scenery. I do. I do fall in that category. I think he is a very, very, very good defenseman on the cusp of very great uh, of great. Um, But I don't think he was ever going to achieve that ever again at here in Philadelphia. You got the Jeff Carter treatment. Yeah, exactly. And I I think Kevin Hayes is in a similar situation, especially as these reports come out that his relationship uh, with John Torella is completely fractured. Like, okay, then you got to get rid of him. Now, it sucks that that report is coming out because that diminishes his value for the Flyers. But I think you can still get a pretty good value. Uh, You're still going to have to retain salary on him regardless. So it it doesn't matter. They it's been known since before the deadline. They've been trying to move him. It's just Columbus making the move for Provorov puts them in a little bit more of a bind. So they that deal probably is not going to happen now. But you know, Briere's got a he's got some he's got some reels in the water. I guess that's the term. Is it some what is it? The fishing. <laughs> well, we term? have a little less than a, than a week to the draft on the first round on the twenty eighth. That's when a lot of deals are shipped around. I mean, even leading up to the draft, I would be shocked. Again, we recorded our last episode, and the ne- next day, Ivan Provo was shipped off. Yeah, so who knows Carter what's going to happen tomorrow? Traded. Yeah, who knows what happened tomorrow? Maybe because we're doing a podcast now. They're going to make a move at midnight tonight or something like that. And, you know, we're going to be waking up tomorrow morning like massive trade connect and heart to Edmonton for Kyler Yamamoto and then Jack Campbell. So, like, you know, maybe some shit like that. I don't know. Yeah, but I think um, as I'm looking more at this Provorov trade, like. I get the L.A. Kings are a bad team again, but what the hell are they getting? What are they getting out of this cap trade? They got cap relief that Cal Peterson was a goalie who was supposed to take over for Jonathan Quick. And he had really, really bad start to the season where they sent him down to the minors. But coming back up now, they have to figure out what they're going to do with their goaltending. He wasn't part of the plans. He's got a really big cap. He's got $5 million cap for another three years. That extension kicks in this year. So, you know, I think it's a two or three years left on his deal. But he's got a lot of money tied up in that. Now, Quick's gone. They might have to re-sign Jonas Corpusala or go goalie hunting out there in the the market. But what they got out of it is they got cap relief. Because they they swung a trade. It was part of the uh, Jonathan Quick trade um, to Columbus. They received um, uh, Gavrikov 
so that you have Vladislav Gavrikov. So they wanted to resign Gavrikov, but they didn't have the money to do it. So by unloading Cal Peterson, they now can they they resign Gavrikov on a two year deal, I believe it was, and now they had by getting that five million off the books for Cal Peterson, they could they can make the deal work. So that was the key for them. So that's why the Flyers were able to fleece a lot more. It's like, look, we know we're taking on $5 million for a goalie we don't need, technically, at an expensive contract. You're at the pony up for that. So Flyers are really at advantage right that right now, and that's the big deal. So they, they, the Kings got out of it is that cap space right now in a flat cap world for another season is a huge asset. It will always continue to be an asset because you're going to try to dump bad contracts off. But the Flyers were able to do that this year because – if they're able to say, for instance, they're able to trade Kevin Hayes. Part of the part of the deal with that is that yes, they're going to, have to retain salary, but they're also going to be like, yeah, you got to give us something back here. We got to have something here. So you're going to have a little more flexibility to play because listen, if even if you retain fifty percent on him and you take on some bad contracts, or if you do a trade where like you know you traded, uh, I believe it was uh, Braden Shen and get a Yuri Latera out of the deal, you'll still get a serviceable player. But it fits the timeline of the rebuild. Now they're they're looking at it long term because, like with the draft coming up, not looking at what the players now. They're looking at them two, three years down the line, which is why Cutter Gauthier is the only untouchable apparently. But what's big about that is that teams are going to be like, look, they're going to really want to take on stuff. We might have to pony up a little more, but that's how you collect assets. That's how you rebuild. That's how you get those things in there because now. They're getting two second-round picks because they don't have really a whole lot of second-round picks because Chuck Fletcher traded one for Tony D'Angelo, traded one for Shane Gossage, uh, 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 pawn off Shane Gossespierre, traded a first-rounder for Rasmus Ristolainen. So they really missed out on, on some opportunities when they tried to stay competitive. Now they're saying, rebuild. We know we need to collect assets. We're willing to do that. It doesn't mean that the team that they have isn't going to be good. It's more or less like, for instance, when Owen Tippett, when he's ready to sign a bigger deal, when like Cutter Gauthier is out of his three-year, uh, you know, ELC, you know, when some of the younger players are out of the ELCs ready to come up, those contracts are ready to expire. That cap room comes available, cap room goes up, boom, you have it. That's what they're talking about, fitting the timeline. Right as at that Provorov trade broke, it felt like within the hour after that, the Carter Hart's rumor really started to fire up, and it almost for a moment there felt like it was going to happen that day as well, which would have shook Philadelphia like to its core, Philadelphia Flyers fans. I, before even the, 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 it settled down and more reports came out that if if he does get moved, it's going to be a slog because of this pending invest or this active investigation. I don't know how to describe, I guess it's an active investigation uh, going on to this 2018 uh, sexual assault investigation going on to the Canadian um, junior team um, that Carter Hart was on. And it's a very complicated situation. Uh, back in uh, 2022 of, of September, there was an article written in the Inquirer by Olivia Rayner about Carter Hart fully cooperating. We don't know much about this situation. Like, it's very tight-knit. Um, it's probably something with Canadian law. No names have been uh, made public, whether that is of the accused or the victim, the female that was a part of this. How bad of a situation publicly are the Flyers in if Carter Hart is a part of this? Like, and this is all just speculation, but like, we don't know. I, a full disclosure, I would be 
floored if Carter Hart is involved with this. Just on what we know about him publicly at the moment. If he's involved with this in any way, it is a complete 180 to what we think his character is as a person. It'd be a huge disappointment. But the more we don't know and the more this comes up when we're trying to determine, hey, is Carter Hart, as young as he is, almost 25 now, is he part of this future, not two years from now, is he here four years, five years? So it's going to be a discussion, especially because he has tenure on that contract. It's a tough situation, not just for the Flyers, but Danny Breer specifically, who's in... A, he's a rookie GM and he has to deal with this stuff. It's it's very uh, surprising that we haven't, but I guess it's a thorough investigation. So uh, it's it's tough. It does play it does play a big deal. I'm not going to lie to you. It, it does play a big deal, and teams have backed off of that. Um, I think it's important for people to understand that you know um, it's still ongoing. It's an unfortunate thing, but. You know, there was a reason why they haven't announced it in the end. They might not be done with it yet. Who knows? And, and that's the thing is that teams are a little cautious of that because you don't want to pony up for something with Carter Hart and turn the next thing you know, he's suspended and you're going to lose a lot of time out of him, especially with one year left on his deal. So um, that's one year after the season on his deal left. So I think it's um, it's unfortunate that the situation happened at all, that people are in the situation. Uh, but, you know, there could be something we don't know about that's on the table. And saying, okay, as long as we get clearance that this is clear and good to go, we'll pull the trigger. So there could be a deal in place for that. But teams, if it's not it's not done by the by July first, teams are going to balk on that and be like, we can't wait. We have to figure something out. But you know, it's a shame in this day and age that you know we have to, you know, I mean, it's not a shame. I'll say this: it's good that this kind of investigation is happening and this type of behavior isn't going to be tolerated. But it's a shame that like you know it. It, it's it's it happened it's a shame that, that, that it has to come to this because you know of actions it doesn't matter if it was six years ago five years ago or whatever it was you know it, you it, it's the same that these actions happened in the first place that these players are now involved whoever they may be and if it's carter hart then you know what then he needs to face the consequences i hope it's not but whatever player it is or players they're gonna face consequences and they should they damn well should you know, there, there. We could go on look, look at the roster of the 2018, you know, um, Canadian Junior Team. Um, let's see, you kind of know World Champ, World Junior Team. So, like, you can look at the rosters here and, and say that. So, like, for instance, look at Canada uh, and who's on this roster. And like, you know how like you have like uh, let's see, you have Dylan Dubay, uh, Max Comtois, uh, let's see, Jordan Cairo, uh, Brett Howden, uh, Kale McCarr. All right, Carter Hart, Victor Mete, Dante Fabro, like, you know, you have some you have some names there. So, you know, Taylor Radish, uh, so you you have some um you have some names in there that could that could really make a big deal, but you know, you hope not it's something like that, but if it is, sorry, you know. That's 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 your own damn fault. I, and they won't say it publicly, but that's an underlying reason of why they got a guy like Cal Peterson not just to absorb that contract, but he's a suitable goalie while they, and he's, to... he's the type of guy who probably need to change the scenery too. And honestly, I mean, he had a really rough year last year. He's one of those full right goalies. You know, you look at him, you're like, oh, I kind of remind you of Steve Mason a little bit. Uh, but you know, he's got decent size. I think he's six, one or six, two. Um, I, you know, he was supposed to be hair, heir apparent. He's six, one. I, I'm, 
I'm not a, I'm, I haven't, let's put it this way. You know how critical I can be a goalies. It, I'm indifferent on him. I don't think he's, he's done anything. He's a veteran at this point. So, you know, if it's one of those things where, you know, he just needs to find consistency to his game. But at the same point, I don't think the Flyers really care because, you know, you can't get any worse than what's last season. We had three, seven, five goals against an eight, six, eight and save percentage in 10 games. So, you know, he has never played on a more big than, contract. Yeah. I mean, he's never played more than, um, than 35, what's called then 37 games in his best save percentage. In a full season, there is 9-11. I mean, you can say the eight games he played, 19-20, 9-22, and 18-19, and 9-24, but that's like Sam Erson sample size. You go a full season, the 9-11, 8-95, 8-68. So he hasn't, he hasn't taken the ball and ran with it yet, but he's a serviceable guy because even if you do trade Carter Hart, it's going to be him and Erson. So you have a veteran behind him. So and anytime that you have a young goaltender, I can't stress enough, you need a veteran backup. Because two reasons you need for support for that younger goaltender and you need a player who can come in here and knows how the game works and takes the reins in it if the goal of the younger goalie falters. So I think the Flyers preparing themselves for a future without Carter Hart if they need to, but not necessarily. It's not something they have to do. Another thing that they've been trying to prepare. I, I, I mean, it sounds like they're not preparing a future without him, especially of the rumored deals that they're getting out of him. Um, but before we get to that, as always, this episode of Orange and Backcheck is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers, download the, the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN, bet $5, just $5, to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You can bet on some great MLB games throughout the season because that's all we have until August gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts call 800-327-5050 or visit gambling helpline ma.org in New York call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in Kansas call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in West Virginia gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.com Net all games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charles Town Races in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit cccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $5. 10-plus leg required for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.com. Sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Scott Lawton undoubtedly is right now the leader of this team without officially having the C. Like he is commanding the locker room, has every player in that room's respect and 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 just love. John Torella is obsessed with the guy. Like for the what John Torella categorizes as obsessed with that player. He loves how he plays, plays a 200 foot game. And yet because, like we said earlier, Danny Breyer is listening to listening, rightfully so, to anything and everything. Rumored to be turning down first round picks and second round picks from the St. Louis Blues uh, for the 
uh, alternative captain of from this previous season, likely the next captain, whether they name uh, uh, like sounds like they're not naming it this season, but who knows? I would be floored if they got rid of him because you have to in a rebuild. If you want to have a successful structure rebuild, there has to be some constant. There can be movement all over the place around this constant, but someone has to be that constant. And I am betting my fandom that it is Scott Lawton in that room. Unless they are gifted uh any like a top pick, the Anaheim pick, or excuse me, the um the Chicago pick, you're to get Connor Bedard, you're not giving up Scott Lawton. No, absolutely not. No, and here's why. Like, Lawton, for, yes, his deficiencies, I would say, offensively, you know, he was always projected to be more like a third-line player anyway. With Lawton, he is the veteran present that they still want in the room. They're going to backfill with veterans. But he is the veteran presence because he is the he's the leader of this team. Sean Couturier is coming back. Cam Atkinson's coming back. You're going to have more of a group in that locker room to really push these guys along. I think what really benefited this team this past year was only not not only had not having a captain, only having Scott Lawton with the letter, but he was really being able to be that guy to develop into that leadership role. So it, he's the type of guy that a team will go after if they think they're close to a Stanley Cup and try to really pull out the stops as like a rental at the deadline or something along those lines. That's the type of player that he is because he brings those intangibles that you need to get through it. Has he had playoff experience? No. Has he won anything? No. Uh, but he he is that type of glue guy that you need in a room that's going to, you know, push guys to the to the next level. And that's why I hear like Toronto was going after him at one point. You know, Toronto could have benefited with him over a guy like Ryan Riley uh, because Ryan O'Reilly, you know, he's got another one of those guys as well. You know, definitely on the back nine, you could have gotten more of an investment with Scott Lawton and pulled a little out of it. Um, but nonetheless, it, it's it's good that they didn't trade Scott Lawton because, again, you don't want to break up too much of the core because you're not going for a full teardown. You pull a guy out like Scott Lawton, who replaces that role? Who's ready to replace that role? Travis Konechny's not. He's not. He's not that. I mean, he's going to be Scott Lawton's going to be 29 this year. He's an older guy. He's a veteran player. You just lost Ivan Provov, another one of your leaders on this team that they look to. You can't pull away another one without really getting, you know, whatever it is that you have to really get a good deal out of it to be able to do that. Travis Sanheim has also been all of a sudden rumored to be, despite they, I mean, they have to move him before July 1st when his eight year extension gets kicks in. Right. Cause he hasn't, he has a no trade after that. But who, like, I can't think of it. I mean, blue liners are at a premium, but like, Travis Sanheim, I, I can't imagine the Flyers actually moving him either. I, I like I, of, I don't think of, they should. Yeah. It's been rumored. Really? Uh, yeah. I don't think they should. I honestly, I'm listen, Travis Sanheim hasn't been terrible for this team. And you Yeah, taking, but is he eight years worth? Yet again, you're locking him up at a decent price, too. It's not like you're again, you just said they're at a premium in this league. You let a, a guy like that walk to free agency. You're never going to replace that that quickly. Now you have a guy who's term. You have Risto and him on longer term contracts. So now what you this is what people it drives me up a friggin' wall. And here comes a rant because I'm going to get pissed <laughs> off when I talk about this. This is what damn fans don't understand. You're trying 
too, oh my God, it's a terrible deal. I can't believe they have that much money in a player. Yeah, well, guess what? Who the hell replaces him, okay? Because now you just traded Ivan Provorov. You're going to have him and Rasmus Ristolainen basically as your top pairing because guess what? Who are you going to replace it with? Do teams let the players go like that? No, they don't let go of defensemen. Like, look how Vegas just won the Stanley Cup. Vegas won the Stanley Cup by shoring up the defensemen. They went out and paid a premium for Alex Petrangelo, and it paid off for them. They put all their chips on the table, gambled, and it paid off. Great with me with that Vegas reference. That was awesome. But still, with Sandheim <laughs> and Ristolainen, you still need to invest in your defense. You need to invest to make sure that they are going to be solidified because you can't count on younger guys and you can't count on prospects to fully develop. How many people, how many players in defense have they invested over the years? Look at Sam Moran. Like, you know, two years ago, we're talking about Sam Moran might come up. He might be the savior of this franchise. If you're saving, creating old uh, Sam Moran to do that, God damn, you're already lost. No offense to Sam Moran. It's a shame he had injuries, but that's what I'm saying is that if you're counting on someone who's 26 years old and hasn't even cracked an NHL light up to be a savior for your team, then you're looking at it wrong. That's why you needed to lock up Ristolainen. Teams were going after him. They were pooning up high picks for that. You have to lock up Sanheim. So now at least worst case scenario, even if you're paying these guys more than say like if a Cam York gets better, or they pick up a defenseman in the draft, you still have solidity there. You still have something solidified. You still have a solid pairing that, yes, they may not be the best in the league, but come playoff time, they'll show their value then. And you'll be like, man, I guess that money is, is really worth it now. You should get to the same thing about get Sergey Bobrovsky, $10 million a year. But Sergey Bobrovsky carried that team within, within a couple games of a Stanley Cup. like, And, and not even starting the playoffs. Like, stop looking at the goddamn money these guys get. Stop it. Stop it. Just stop it. Well, just stop. No, 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 no. no. I know, stop but it. Stop it's it. tough because that's these bad contracts that Fletcher and dished out. And they're always going to happen. They're always, there's bad contracts in every goddamn sport. And especially in the NHL, they're guaranteed contracts. Same with the NBA. There's always going to be bad contracts. But you know what? Suck it up. Because two yeah, reasons. I, I do agree. I do agree. Like, it's not my money. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, if you're overpaying for whoever and you're giving, willing to give them millions of dollars, at the end of the day, it's not my money. I don't give a crap. But what annoys me is when you just, like, willy-nilly think that this – like, if – I don't think Travis Sanheim is as good as everyone says, but he's suitable. Like, he's fine. He's Will steady. He's steady. Yes. He's steady. And you're paying him 6.25, which right now may seem like a lot. But when that cap goes up, oh, man, that was a deal. Because guess what? You're paying the same goddamn money to him that you were to Timo Timo Timonen. Okay? Rasmus Line is 5 million. You paid Andre Mazzaro's 5 million when the cap was a different number. Oh, my God. I did not ping andrew mazzaro's being spoken Mm -hmm, on this podcast mm -hmm, tonight mm -hmm. and that's what i'm talking about you're paying up six and a half million dollars okay tony d'angelo five million dollars now that's not great because you have the same thing in ghost but at least he's a ufa after this year okay sean walker 2.65 million dollars 28 year old defenseman but he's on a ufa after this year okay nick sealer you don't hear anybody bitch about nick sealer because he's at league minimum but the thing is that when Nick Sealer's on your top pairing, you got problems there. Like, it stop. Shut up about the goddamn money. Shut up about the length of the contract. Because four years from now, 
it's not going to mean a goddamn thing because it'll be market value or better. Yeah, I will not remember this discussion. You, you'll remember because you have the memory of a freaking. It was a good memory. I don't know. I have no idea. You apparently not. Uh, I can't think of another one. You said not you. <laughs> uh, but you know what will also help the cap when they make good revenue. The Flyers, and they're going to make some decent revenue because they debuted in New Jersey today, uh, this week. Hockey-related revenue, HRR. So like- immediately bringing back a new identity. This was planned before the the real rebuild finally commenced. Not this aggressive retool under Chuck Fletcher. Uh, I, you and I were going back and forth. I think they're great. I I like them. I said I love them to you. The more I've sat on them, I'm kind of like. Yeah, they're good. Like nothing earth shattering. Going back to the old identity, different shade of orange. They're fine. Like I think, I, I think they're cool. Nothing like, wow, this is the greatest sweater I've ever seen in my life. Like it's just kind of okay, cool. Like I'm glad they downer. brought them back. Jesus Christ! Dude. No, but it's not downing. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, just like, just like you just said with Travis Sanheim. I'm steady about them. I'm fine with it. Listen. I finally like the fact that they got rid of that goddamn neon orange and are finally getting rid of those boring ass sweaters they had. Okay, let's talk about the white sweater, the 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 away sweater, which, by the way, is another random way to get to some point. Can we go back to white sweaters at home, please? Can we can we do that, please? Can we see? I'm sick and tired of seeing the same color in the freaking arena every <laughs> single night. Go back to the jerseys where I can see when the Blackhawks come in, I can see red. When the Lightning come in, I can see blue. When the Maple Leafs, I can see their trashy ass jersey colors. So <laughs> I had to get a Leafs dig in there somehow. Yeah, but, it's actually contractually obligated. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. But here's for this podcast. But here's the key. Like I, I, they all it was. Like, they're so boring because all it was was a an orange stripe, a lot of white, and then another orange stripe. Very little black on the jersey. I like how they did it differently this year. I like how they went back to the burnt orange, like the late 90s one. And not because I grew up watching that jersey. I like how they put a modern spin on it. They took it between like the home jersey. They they used to have a black line that separated the orange and the white. They took that away. So it's a little plainer, but I like that. It looks cleaner. Yes, it kind of looks like one of those Walmart knockoff jerseys you get as a kid. But still, (laughs) it's very true. I like it that it's different because it's... It's different in a sense where the the makes the back of the jersey with the nameplate and the numbers pop now. And also, I know that a lot of people are knocking this. Am I a fan of the design itself with the numbers on the shoulders being single color? No. I, I prefer to have a little more pop there. But I really love the fact that they went with something historical on the jersey like the monochrome numbers on the shoulders. I just think it gives it a different look. I really, 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 really like what they did here. And uh, you know what? They've done a lot of things wrong over the past couple of years. I think they hit a home run on this. I, I really do because they're they're a little bit, they're just different enough, but to show that, you know what, it's still Flyers. It's still the same jersey for the most part, but they add a little more color and it's a different brand. You're really, really, that's how you know, like they're rebuilding, they're changing everything is because of that. I, I just... I love the jersey. I you know I yeah, maybe because I'm an apologist for the team half the time or whatnot. I think it's a sexy ass <laughs> jersey that's almost like the reverse retro from two years ago. And I think they hit the out of the park. I, I do hope because we also have the stadium series they always do different jerseys for uh design for the stadium series that we have coming up now that they're playing the devils uh next year. I do hope, to your point, 
they have something similar where it's a white jersey, which it should be because they're away. Yeah, I I want to see like a return of the like the 2002, 2003, 2004 alternate jersey with that silver logo on it. Like, dude. Oh, you're going real. Oh, dude, okay. if they do something like that, I will be buying that the day it's released. I hope my <laughs> wife didn't hear that. But I'm telling you that because that jersey, it's no, she's well, too busy trying to figure out Apple, Apple TV. TV I know. Yeah, you should have heard that. I, mean, I, I don't know if the clip's going to make it in, but she's in here asking me, how does Apple TV work? I can't get it to work. There's a circular <laughs> thing going on the screen. Yada, 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 yada. <laughs> did you turn it off and turn it on? I did that. Did you unplug and plug it back in? No. There you go. Try that. All right. <laughs> Easy peasy. I don't have to play the clip. You just replayed it. I, that's pretty much how it went and pretty much how it went. But going back to the, the the alternate jersey, I mean, yeah, apparently next year they're going to redo the third. So it'll be kind of similar to this. But, I mean, yeah, like, does the jersey kind of look like those knockoff Kmart jerseys from the 90s? Yes. Absolutely. But you know what? I like it. I like it. It's <laughs> different. Because it's an official one. Yeah, now. but no, because it's just it's it's a different than one of those goddamn. I'm sick and tired of that white stripe at the end of the jersey that didn't go all the way to the bottom. You have 90% orange, white stripe around, like, the bottom of my stomach. So really stuck out. And then you have the orange underneath it. I, 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 I like how they went black all the way at the bottom. And it just it's, it's a clean, sleek look. Paying homage to the 90s. You got a bunch of 90s guys from the NHL running this damn team now. Give me the glory days back, please. Would you bring back as their third jersey the early 2000s black jersey? I actually like the black jersey they have now a little I do. bit more. I, I really do like the black jersey because you know why? There's no white in it. It's just orange and black. It's black with an orange stripe. I love that. Um, I would say yes. I wouldn't mind if they brought back the '90s one from that. I always like that one the, with the with the tops of the. But I tell you, my favorite jersey, and you're gonna think I'm a nut job, was the edge jerseys they brought out in 0708. The 2007 2008 black jerseys were some of, one of my favorite jerseys ever, just because of the way they looked. I thought they, I thought they, I thought those black jerseys were probably the best one they had. It just it was white shoulders with orange and then mostly black. I, I don't know. I just really like that one. I just thought those were sleeker. So, but that's just me. I just, there's something about the black, the fill, the, just the full black with the little bit of orange in the, these 2000, what's that from the 2019 stadium series? Yeah. 2018, 2019 against Pittsburgh. So I like them, but all right, that has been orange and fashion talk trying to figure out how to do <laughs> figure out what they're going to but I like it. I, I overall I'm fine with it. I think they needed a change. I was in complete agreement with you on what they should do um in changing their identity a little bit without fully changing. The next thing they need to do because you pointed this out to me back uh in very early on in this podcast. No, not early on because it was before we had a disaster uh disaster of a franchise. They need to get rid of the red line going through the logo. Bring back the four. That's what they need to oh, do Oh, God. Mr. For the Schneider love of God. would turn over his grave if he saw that. The reason why they never had that that way is because he didn't want anything interrupting with the logo. Yes. As soon as you pointed that out to me, it actually every game that you and I have gone to or we go or that I go to on my own, like it just looks gross now. And honestly, and it's not just for the Flyers anymore. Like I look at it for every sports franchise that I'm watching and not a lot of them do it. Uh, it only seems to be. I mean, the way the ice is set up in hockey, that it kind of naturally happens, but it's easily avoidable if you put your mind to it. And the Flyers need to re put their mind to it because I get what they're trying to do, but it looks very ugly. You know what? You know what I liked about the two logos there is that if you're on either side of the stadium, it looks the same. 
And that's the key. And that's the key is that now you have one big Flyers logo in the middle and the red line runs right through it. And it just, it literally is like, it's divisive. Like, no, no joke. It, it, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's absolutely garbage. Go back to the double one, please, please. And you know what? I'm going to say this and I'm going to shut up for the night because I've been rambling like crazy. I am so goddamn happy. So goddamn happy. And this is going to sound so contradictory to me. I'm so goddamn happy that we have people who understand this goddamn franchise in the front office now. We have Dan Hilferty. Yes, he's not a hockey guy, but he's a guy who's saying, I know this is, needs to be better. He knows he's a business guy. He knows what's going to work. Keith Jones coming in saying, I know what Mr. Snyder was all about. Danny Brand knows what Mr. Snyder was about. Patrick Sharp, a little bit, even though he's technically the outside voice. He only played 66 games here, won three cups in Chicago. And you have John LeClaire player development. Because I think it's absolutely huge because if anybody's going to push on the legacy, let's take three guys from the most successful time in Flyers history, one of the most successful times in Flyers history, and let's, or two times, and two other most successful times because you have Briere in there, and let's put them and say, this is what Flyers hockey is all about. John LeClaire gets the culture point, and then you have a winner. You have an absolute winner. And Patrick Sharp in that in that and as a uh, as a special advisor in player development, I think is absolutely beautiful because that's what people say. Oh, you're hiring a bunch of former Flyers. Yes, Patrick Sharp may have played with the Flyers, but guess what? He spent most of his career in Chicago and he won three Stanley Cups out there. One of them in this very building. So I, I'm no, I, I I do agree. With, I, I actually like. There's a weird tick in my brain that says like they lean into the hiring of former flyers because it is almost a one they think it's the right hire at this point i do think it's the right hire but also they like lean into the troll a little bit with those anti-flyers that i fall into every once in a while of we're just hiring as many former players on our team but i also think that's just the culture of the nhl it's very different than a lot of you're starting to see that kind of creep into the NBA a little bit with former players becoming coaches. Soccer is, if you're if you're a soccer follower like me, that is definitely becoming a thing where former players are hired by their former teams to be coaches or integral in the in the front office. So this is totally uh, the Flyers making the right moves. I'm I'm very very excited for what this season brings. It's not going to be pretty, but it's going to be fun. Like it, 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 it's not going to be pretty at times. I and that's say, all so. that matters. It's fun. It gets people interested. You're going to, you have a brand new way. You have a, you people been clamoring for a rebuild. Guess what people you got it. It starts at the top. It starts at the top. Worry about the roster later on. Yep. All right. That is going to do it. Episode 153 of orange and back check. Thank you so much for listening. As always, make sure you up subscribe to us on orange and back check Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all that good stuff at O Backcheck on Twitter, uh, Orange and Backcheck podcast on everything else. Make sure you subscribe to us there, orangebackcheck at gmail.com. If you have a question or want to weigh in on anything we've discussed tonight, or you have a question for us for later episodes. Hey, next week, we are going to be joining the draft watch party along with the rest of the hockey podcast network. All 32 picks are going to be represented by the individual team's podcast we are doing it twice in the first round number seven and number 22 unless there's some crazy shit that goes on some wheeling and dealing by one danny briere we'll see what happens make sure you tune in youtube.com slash hockey podcast network make sure you tune in for that until then we'll talk to you next time i don't know what the big deal sandheim only makes 6.2 million it's not a bad deal people